just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Welcome to the Wild, 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 Wide World of Sports. Your host for this evening, Howard Cosell and Brian Gubble. No, no, not really. <laughs> not really. Mm, Wait have- a minute. Can I? Can I be Brian Gumble? Yes, you may. Okay. Um, especially because Howard Cosell had that weird accent that I'm not doing at all. But anyway. <laughs> If you haven't guessed, of course, we are actually uh, Kenyan and Jack, and we are here once again to save the world, and oh my god, what a cesspool it is. I'm sorry, let me let me backtrack. It is not entirely a cesspool, but it sure does stink a lot in certain quarters. So, yeah, we're here for that. True. We are here for that. We're here to, to, to get it under control and rein in the chaos. So before we get into it, though, yeah. let's let's check in on each other. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing quite all right today. It's almost, you know, the weekend, which sadly means that it's almost Monday of next week. It starts the train rolling again. But Stop, today Dr. on Drew. Thursday, <laughs> I am fine. I'm doing well. Excellent. And I'm looking forward to doing whatever we can to save the world a little bit at a time today. And how are you? I'm well. I'm doing well. And listening friends, y'all don't know it, but I'm going to tell you. I was um, fortunate enough a couple weeks ago to make an airplane ride from my spot here on the East Coast back to the Sooner State and got to hang out with my revered friend and co-host and his delightful better half and I had a great time and it was exciting to see all the things that Oklahoma has done yeah so there's that it it was a fantastic time we uh, ate at a great local restaurant called the mule then we walked mm-hmm. around and uh, walked through all of the graffiti that's I mean, I don't know if you want to really call it graffiti so much as it's just murals on the side of buildings because they were all phenomenal by great artists. Even the Mm -hmm. worst one was really good. (laughs) Yes, yes. And if you're interested in seeing this particular project, they do have an Instagram at Plaza Walls. And it'll take you straight to the whole project that they have going on down there. So it's some good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. It was... uh... The bad stuff was great, and the great stuff was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it was it was mind blowing. Like some of the stuff, we were like literally sitting there staring at the wall, like Ugh. It's existential. Ugh. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was definitely good. And then uh, mm-hmm. Kenyatta and I did something that we uh, had been looking forward to. And we got to go to the restaurant of somebody who we have talked about on the show. She was a WTF, I believe, back in June. 
and that yes. was going to Miss Florence's restaurant. Uh-huh. The ninety-one-year-old uh, James Beard Award-winning restaurant. Yes, and they know how to cook. They know how to cook, and they make a hell of a sweet tea. I'm here to tell you. So, yes. Yeah. Catfish. Great food, and as it oh. turned out, some really good conversation. So, yeah, excellent, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super happy that that we went. It was incredible. Mhm. And you and considering the time frame that you guys will be listening to this, you may have already seen something about it. So I'm not really spoiling. It. But anyway, yeah. If you're at all curious, take a look. If you're at all curious, if you are at all curious, take a look at the restaurant online. Yeah. Again. Great food, and if you're ever in that part of the world in Oklahoma City, take take an hour, go over there, visit. You'll find out what we're talking about. So it's worth the trip for sure. Um, but as great as that was, my favorite part of your trip was getting to see your reaction to how much our childhood home of Tinker Air Force Base has changed because <laughs> we were uh, uh, able to be the guest of somebody that was able to take us on Tinker and Kenyatta saw her her old hacienda on Tinker and the elementary school we went to and the youth center that is completely not the youth center we went to. At all. Like they actually have, you know, something decorative going on. I was in shock and awe. I showed my mom pictures. Yeah, and it's like four she, times the size. <laughs> she was like, what? I said, Ma, we had like a cracker box. We had like a main room and some vinyl couches and, and then a back room where whatever they wanted to happen, happened. Like you could play dodgeball or something back there. They did all things in the, in the big rec room. Now look at this. I'm yeah. sure they have like, they have wings. But I'm not mad at progress, especially when it comes to the government. No, no, I'm happy for the kids that live on Tinker now. Oh, yeah. And the old uh, officer's housing area is just a big field because they tore it all down and (laughs) built new housing toward the back of that area that is a lot nicer. Very luxurious. I'll I'll give them that. Hmm. But, uh... This is not any bitterness of a couple of former enlisted Air Force brats towards officer Air Force brats. Nothing like that. Nothing nope, like that. Nope, nope, nope. Then, so don't misconstrue. <laughs> and then also, if you follow our social media, you'll see that we got our picture in front of the movie theater, which was a major hangout for us as children. All kids mm-hmm. that grow up on Tinker, it was a big hangout for them. So. Big deal. Yeah. Absolute big deal. So I don't think they've done any maintenance to it since the last time we went to a movie there, but <laughs> I, I bet not. I bet not, because like I said, those those weird metal sculptures were still out front, so I'm gonna go ahead and say no. Um yeah. unless they just reupholstered the seats. Maybe. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But those of you that are not military brats, you are probably also unfamiliar with the fact that 
before every movie that starts at a military movie theater, you have to stand for the national anthem or the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, well, same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, that's just something you have to do when you go to a, a movie on a military installation. Yep. All these, all these rituals and in in habits, we remember them like yesterday, and it was it was actually wild how a bunch of that came back. So. Yep. Yep. But I'm glad that I got to do that. Yes, I am too. I am too. And um, all in all, that was a very very much needed trip down memory lane. The whole trip. So yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad I came. So. Yeah, yeah. And Kenyatta went and did a lot of sightseeing throughout the day and went to her almond matter. <laughs> and yes. Did some other stuff. Good boy. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. That's right. To mm. paraphrase Rick James. And also F your couch. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I know, listening fans, you've been waiting for it. That time is here now. We're doing WTFs. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, Bam! All right. Oh, good. Oh. That's good. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had I had a difficult time because there's a lot of what the fuck going on right now, a whole lot. But I finally just decided to narrow it down on this, just because it's sort of was really just the least frustrating thing out there, and it's actually kind of humorous. So here goes. Mm. I'm sure anybody who has ever listened to our former president talk, he's you've probably heard him mention one, two, five hundred times that he's rich. That's one of the great things about him is he's rich. And I know that because he's said that many, many times. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a, a MAGA person, you know, a, in that cult of orange Jesus, and you worship him, and you send him all of that money, there's a part A and a part B to this. Does it not bother you that that guy that likes to talk about how rich he is is using his political pack to pay for all of his attorney's fees, for all of his multiple lawsuits that are going on and criminal investigations. You'd think a rich guy could afford his own attorneys, right? Because he, he likes to talk about he's a billionaire, but you're paying for his attorney's fees. That There's the A. And the B, once again... You're paying for his attorney's fees <laughs> and his new jet, Trump Force One, is now doing flyovers at outdoor Trump rallies. He can't afford to pay for his attorneys. Mag is paying for it. But he can buy a new jet and just let the one that he already owned that's in that airport in New Jersey, the I don't know, the engine broke and it was going to cost like a hundred grand to fix or whatever and he wouldn't front the money for that because, well, he had four years using Air Force One. But now he has his new jet, Trump Force One. But MAGA folks are still paying for his attorneys. Does that not bother you as a MAGA person if you're listening to this? 
Because that should probably bother you. Probably doesn't. It probably doesn't. Because there's there's going to be a perfectly reasonable explanation for all of this. So, and well, even if they haven't got it yet, they know it's coming. Well, it's yeah, fine. it it's might fine. change four or five times within a five minute period. Um, but really, honestly, I think this is really just Trump's way of making MAGA people feel included in the crime. Crimes that he's committed. It's just no. his way of making them feel included. You know, nobody wants to feel excluded from something. You know? Because they're patriots. That's why. They're fighting on the side of rights. Yeah. Of course they're excited to be included in this. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I it it's not every day that a former president who's under double-digit investigations for various crimes lets his supporters foot the legal bill. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to experience. It is. And I would understand, you know, perfectly why they want to get a piece of this. You know, yeah. and maybe there's T-shirts and bumper stickers forthcoming. Who knows? Who there, knows? There probably is. And you know what? Honestly, and I really think what makes it even extra special is all of his, you know, the people that are sending him that money aren't dealing with, as they like to point out, inflation and high gas prices. So, you know. That just makes it more extra special. Like that year, you know, that Christmas when you were a kid and the parents were hurting for money, but you mm -hmm. still got a couple gifts, you know? Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's sort of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and you know what 45 is saying right now? He is saying, F your couch. He really is. He really is. He's not even good enough to get real leather boots. He's just there in them cheap-ass tie-up loafers he'd be wearing, the ones that are bent over <clears throat> on the outside and uneven at the soles, on right. your good couch, eating your Cheetos. Yeah. Come on, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, that was my WTF. I had to go with something that wasn't going to uh, piss me off because I do find this one to be kind of humorous because you're like willfully being taken advantage of but you know hey, teach their own exactly exactly it's why they call it a free country because you know it is <sighs> on the flip side though not even on the flip side in the same vein ish i guess you'd say in the in the wonder world that is the gop this past tuesday evening there was a date Two guys running for Senate in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman yes. and Mehmet Oz, better known as Dr. Oz, who used to have that show where he dispensed quote unquote medical advice. That's what he called so, it. He did. So in this debate, when asked about his position on abortion, Dr. Oz says, and this is how he was quoted. The last couple of days was, quote, it should be between a woman, her doctor, and local political leaders. This is how he was quoted. When I saw that, 
you know, my hair stood up on it. I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, wait, whoa, no, no. Like, what is he implying? That a, a woman needs to confer not only with her health care professionals, but her her local senator as to whether or not it's a good idea what? to do with what her with her own self that she wants to. Oh, yeah, that, that makes whole sense. I think he was yeah. talking about each uh, city council meeting. All women yeah. have to go and line up and with them and their doctors and discuss what's going on medically. And then the city council can vote on a line of treatment. <laughs> like yeah, mate's tail, but on a on a small scale. What he actually said was this quote. There should not be involvement from the federal government in how states decide their abortion decisions. As a physician, chuckle, chuckle, I've been in the room when there's some difficult conversations happen. Conversations happening. Hmm. I don't want the federal government involved with all that. I want women, doctors, local political leaders, letting the democracy that always allowed our nation to thrive to put the best ideas forward so states can decide for themselves. That's still not any good because right there you're showing how much you support this past summer's SCOTUS decision regarding Roe v. Wade. And then also turning around and saying it's still up to the states to decide this. When what women have been screaming this whole freaking time is it is only one person and one person's decision. It is the person considering that as an option. That's it. In a story, period, point blank, full stop. So I don't yeah. care if he was misquoted or what his and what he actually said was. He's still dead wrong. Because all he's doing, as GOP is often doing, or the most, the more squeakier wheels in the party, is pandering to the base. And that's what he did when he said local political leaders. No, they have no business whatsoever in one individual's decisions about how they handle their health care. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm still... I don't get all these people that have this no exception, even the life of the mother, because that's out there by a shit ton of these people. And it's almost like they can't take the next step. And it's like, you realize that stuff happens frequently. Mm -hmm. Under mm -hmm. this law, if it was, uh, had been in effect, um, my, my sister would be dead. She had a tubal pregnancy in between babies two and three that was um, like emergency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a, I think it was like a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Uh, my brother-in-law called me and he's like, something's wrong with Amanda. We got to take her to the hospital. And, um, you know, they rushed her to the hospital. And then the next thing I know, we're getting a phone call that, hey, you guys need to drive to Tulsa because she's getting rushed into emergency surgery. Because, as everyone knows, a tubal pregnancy is bad. Uh -huh. But that would have qualified as an abortion. And <laughs> if it doesn't matter about the health of the mother, my sister would have, would have died. And thank goodness that that wasn't the case at the time, obviously. 
Well, yeah. Otherwise, uh, otherwise we really would be living in an episode of House of the Dragon. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be, it's either going to be your lady wife or the baby. Baby! And that, w- wait, what? No. This is, this is not what this, this is not what this is supposed to be about. You can disagree yeah. with the idea of abortion all day long, of what you define abortion as, or what you define the viability point of a fetus. That's, okay. What you don't get to do is insist on making laws to pressure women and take away those choices, especially like in cases like what you're talking about, with friends or health, or that woman has become pregnant because of a violent act. Or it turns out that the baby, unfortunately, is not going to be viable and will have no quality of life. Stop playing. You know, there are points. um, I had a friend, and um, him and his wife, she was pregnant. They didn't know this until uh, the baby was born. But the baby was basically born without a brain. There was like the, what is it, the stem? The stem part, you know, the cerebellum, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like it. There was no other brain that developed. Yep. The baby That's lived awesome. for like nine months. Oh, gosh. Because the parts that controlled breathing and heartbeat, that part of the brain was there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's basically all that is. Is, is, is just basically the automatic functions of the body in that part of the, the brainstem. That's right. All. But due to the nature mm. of it, it wasn't like they could just say, oh, well, we're going to, you know, starve the baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so they were stuck in this impossible situation. Mm. And, you know, that it's a situation that maybe if stuff could have been determined beforehand, you probably would have aborted the the. You know, at that time, because chances are for that to happen, you are probably going to be in the third trimester to determine that. But which is better, living for nine months when you're not really living, because you're just a body that breathes, <laughs> has a heartbeat. Exactly. and that That's almost cruel. That's cruel to expect a, it is. a baby to live like that. It is. It is. And fortunately, those aren't cases that happen often, but they do happen. Yeah. And, you know, from time to time, I've read um, stories or, you know, blog posts and such about women who have had to make those kind of difficult decisions relatively late in their pregnancy. They had, they really had, I mean, they had a choice, but it was, they weren't good choices, you know? Yeah. And again, and I've, I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it, I don't know of a woman that says that this is this is ever an easy decision when they choose to do it. No one wants to be stuck with making the decision of, do I get a shit sandwich or a shit smoothie? Uh, basically. And, and unfortunately, that's what it amounts to. Yeah. And for, for lawbreakers to act like the people that, that have to make these decisions are just being cavalier and using it as a form of bird control where they're just irresponsible or crap like that or these people just disregard the sanctity of life. Come on. Stop Stop minimizing these people in, in the decisions that you need to make for this and keep allowing them to have that option. But no, as time goes on, because we've seen it, we've seen it happening since, what, June, the window mm-hmm. get, keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So, yeah, that is mine. That is my WTF. And you're right, there were a lot of things going on. 
because visiting friends you might not know of, but we did have a little bit of a break. But due to the magic of good scheduling, we're still on time with you guys. Ha ha. That's right. But in that in that time frame, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. But this is, as always, this is this is a topic that I will always come back to, and I will always keep being pissed off until they do better. So there's that. There is that. There is that. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to have you dive into today's uh, topic. It hopefully it doesn't fall a little flat earthish. <laughs> You're fired. Okay. <laughs> and with that segue, <laughs> if you hadn't guessed already, listening friends, yeah. We're going to dabble a little bit into conspiracy theories today. Not whether or not we believe in any, because I'm not telling, but basically just why, the who, what, when, and where, and and then we're going to chit-chat about a few of the more interesting conspiracy theories out there. There are some that most of us have heard of, and then there are some that aren't quite well known, but are as equally fascinating. And, you know, we did just talk about the Orange Cheeto King, so conspiracy theories. Yeah, there aren't any around him. Oh, no, obviously not. No, he cleans a whistle. Anyway, <laughs> that good, good friend of everybody who wants to learn how to speak the English, the Miriam Webster Dictionary, defines conspiracy theory as a theory that explains an event or a set of circumstances as a result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators, or a theory asserting that a secret of great importance is being kept from the public. I can't think of anything off the top of my Anyway, moving on. <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> who could possibly? Who could possibly? But, no matter what kind of theory they are, Certain studies seem to, to state that they have certain characteristics in common. First, that they locate the source of unusual social and political phenomena in unseen, intentional, and malevolent forces. Good to gate. Second, they often interpret political events in terms of the struggle between good and evil. And third, most conspiracy theories suggest that mainstream reporting of public affairs is a ruse or an attempt to distract the public from a true source of power. Oh. All of these, these check out for me. What about what about you? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, there might be a little bit of that, perhaps, maybe just a smidge going on. Especially the fight between good and evil, like you know, yeah, force, you know, versus. Whatever. Yeah, one of in that regards, one of my favorite is there's a whole bunch of so televangelism has changed. It's really more YouTube evangelism now than the old fashioned televangelist. And there's a whole series of YouTube preachers that have got the people that listen to them convinced that if you are a Democrat, you are demon possessed. Well, it makes it real difficult to have a you know, conversation that can lead somewhere when the other person believes that you're demon-possessed. Or lizard. Either or. Well, perhaps the demons are lizards. 
That makes 110% sense. That, the Bible's never said what demons look like, so maybe they are lizards. People. That's right. Hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of demons, there are a hell of a lot more people on this planet now than there were, say, oh, I don't know, 33 AD. I reckon. So this is what I want to know. Were all of the demons that there would be now, because just in America alone, the people that would be demon-possessed is greater than the population of the Earth in 33 BC, I would imagine. So did all of the demons exist then? It's just some of them were like in a waiting room or at recess or something, waiting for the population to increase? Or do demons have kids? I think their their presence and existence expands exponentially according to the population. Do they just poof in, or is it like the birthing of the Urukai in Lord of the Rings? A little both. Hey, I'm down for that. That is equally plausible. <laughs> <as all>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with both. If you're not sure of one side or the other, just say, both sound good. Yes. A little bit of both. <laughs> And, and how long is demon demon school? Do they go to like elementary and high school to learn demonism? I don't think there's any formal training. It's strictly on the job. Hmm. Are there like after school activities? You know, demon football teams, band. I'm not going any further with you on this one. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Sorry. Help it. I was waiting for you to land the plane, man. <laughs> no, it, it's time to move on because I've I've been a dad for a long, long time, and I could just oh. dad joke this whole demon thing into the ground if need be. So, <laughs> oh man, uh, whoo, anywho, <laughs> and moving on to Bigfoot, no. <laughs> which is one of the better known ones. But the thing about these conspiracy theories, and then these are some of the, the reasonings, again, from, from different studies, is that they can provide explanations for confusing emotional and ambiguous events, especially when official explanations seem inadequate. They tend to fit a person's inherent biases. The facts conflict with a person's need to fit those facts to their already established beliefs. In other words, if they believe one thing and the majority of the facts that are coming to them conflict with that, they have trouble lining that up. So they'll turn the other way and find the so-called facts that fit their already held beliefs. And they don't struggle so hard. Which, it, it's, and, and this is not me necessarily signing off on conspiracy theories. Or anything like that. But I get that particular uh, reasoning because that's how a lot of us operate, just in general. And even if we don't believe, you know, in Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster, you know, even we're just making our way through the through the world as is. Sometimes we struggle with resolving what we think and what we believe in our experiences with the things that we're presented with. But in these cases, these conspiracy theories, they're struggling to do that as well. But the things they choose to grasp and believe usually have no factual basis, but it doesn't matter because it already lines up with what they believe. That's the whole thing. It's what they choose to believe. 
And when you have somebody that believes in conspiracy theory, guaranteed, they will, they will make more of an effort to argue the counter belief, the more facts or the more so-called facts that they had to back up their own position. So right. again, take Bigfoot, for instance. And here's the funny thing. Netflix dropped a new season of Unsolved Mysteries the other week. And so one of the stories is indeed about Bigfoot. I was almost convinced because one, <laughs> Netflix makes a hell of a documentary. Right. Two, it's the way they presented the stories of these people who claim that they saw this big, huge, hairy, smelly creature wandering around the woods. And the more stories that, let's say you, you see something that you can't identify. It's not human. It's not animal. What do you call it? And you start talking to other people in town. Well, you know, I saw, if you talk to anybody at all, because, you know, if you say something, people would think you're nuts. But then, right. on happenstance, you come by Joe Bob at the general store. And you just start talking, and somebody lets it slip. Well, I saw this, did you? Now you have someone else. Right. And then all of a sudden, now there's someone else. And the more stories that you can get that correlate with the things that you've experienced, the more it makes sense and the more you believe this is what you saw. Right. In, in the case of Bigfoot, too, there's actually a um, some scientific plausibility to it because there is an extinct primate, Gigantopithecus. Which stood, if I'm somewhere between like seven and ten feet, don't quote me on the exact height, but they were really, really big. Mm -hmm. And if they were around today, they would probably, you know, look like Sasquatch or a Yeti or a Bigfoot. And so there is a slight bit of plausibility that a creature that maybe went extinct 500,000 years ago, maybe it survived in small pockets. Perhaps. Perhaps. So. Or evolved into, you know, what the modern Bigfoot is. So there is a bit of, you know, scientific plausibility to that. It is. And, 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 and you just, you just made the point that even if there is the smallest kernel of something being true, people, people are capable of building whole cloth narratives around one tiny seed, one yep. tiny factoid or something. Well, hey, if this happened X amount of a millennia ago, then it must be true now. Well, are, oh, are you sure? And put a pin in that because I'm going to come back to stuff happening millennia ago. Okay. And it's come back around for us because apparently that happens a lot. But what I found in my research that I, I thought was interesting, and I when I thought about it, it makes sense that narcissism plays a role in people buying into conspiracy theories because think about back and it, and it may not necessarily be the same experience for you just because you're a boy or were a boy but think about in grade school and junior high hey, i'm a full-on man i'm a fat chubby man no i wasn't going there shut up <laughs> <laughs> think about being back in school and the gossip mill is going who was the one, and it was usually a girl, I hate to say it, I'm not being sexist or misogynistic or anything like that, but it was usually a girl that had all the best and newest gossip. And sometimes she was accurate, sometimes no. But everybody flocked to her because she had news. It didn't matter if the news was factual. It didn't matter if what she was talking about happened. It was the fact that she had some news 
And everybody wanted to come to her and say, have you heard about this? And she'd be happy to tell it. Do you know why? Because she likes the attention and she likes knowing things that nobody else knows. Mm -hmm. So studies in this particular study suggest that narcissism does play a role for that reason. That would make sense. It does make sense. How do you feel being one of a handful of people who know that there's an active time machine in Mount St. Helens? How do you know feeling, how do you feel knowing that information and nobody else does? And whether or not people think you're off your noodle doesn't matter to you. Because having this information, having this kind of knowledge outweighs any other kind of outside scrutiny. So it plays a yeah. part, and it makes sense. It, it also pays a, a part, if you think about it, um, with people that are in cults. Because yes. that's one of the tenets of the cults. We have the truth. Their version is wrong. We have the right truth. What we're telling you is the truth. This is the thing. And what happens is people have a desire um, at different levels, but to want to help people and, you know, spread that truth and whatever. So it's the same thing with cults or conspiracy theories, you know, whether it's, hey, we have the inside track to God or I could tell you what the government's really doing and you have to be prepared for this because they are coming to get you or That was not a grizzly bear walking around the woods in Canada. <laughs> that was a Bigfoot. Watch. I love saying that word. But yeah, and and the and the more, and I think it's just a big old catch twenty two. After a while, the more you keep spouting this information, the more attention you attract. The more you convince that what you've got is credible, and the more you say it to more people, and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So, yep. That that piece of it, I, I genuinely believe, actually more than any of it, inherent bias and confirmation bias. That makes sense because most of us do that, and in, and in, in to one degree or another. But the bit about you know, I'm important because I have this important information. That makes sense. That makes sense more than anything. So. Yeah. But um, since we've started the podcast, one of the things that I have really kind of worked hard at is if I see something and I share it, I will try to go and see if it's actually factual. Is this just confirmation bias for me? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, if I can't back it up, if I do share it, I'll say, hey, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm sharing. Or, Mm -hmm. hey, here I went and found up some articles that are backing up what I'm saying here. And mm-hmm. just taking that extra step a lot of times could prevent sort of the modern political conspiracy theory aspect of what's going on in the U.S. right now. I'm not talking like Atlantis or yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when we say conspiracy theories, I mean, some of these have, have origins, you know, like we mentioned millennia ago. And then some of them are happening as we speak. So yeah. these are this is these are not new things, obviously, but the way I, I think what stays consistent as well is the, the the reasons behind why people choose to believe them. Yeah, and they get recycled too. Oh yeah, in different forms, sure. Little thing will this or that will change. The modern liberal elites, 
eating molesting babies is just a rehash of the satanic panic of the late 70s and early 80s. Mm -hmm. They've they've Mm -hmm. just changed it. And that was a rehash of another one, which was a rehash of the Jews. Mm. I don't mean that in a Kanye West way, I'm saying, because (laughs) they're frequently the butt of this conspiracy theory joke. (laughs) You've been dying to, to mention him some kind of way today, haven't you? I just know it. I have I have sent you a few <laughs> memes. <laughs> My favorite was that he hired former FBI agent Herschel Walker to help him get his <laughs> his money back or his sponsors back. <laughs> I went hire Herschel Walker to find my lost dog, but that's a completely different episode. I would hire him to lie. I mean, you don't have to pay him money; he does that for free. Right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And back to the conspiracy theories. <laughs> we're, back, we're back on the rails, folks. Stick with us. But um, interestingly enough, though, it mentions that older people tend to believe in conspiracy theories less than younger people do. I don't know that I agree with that because mm. some of the stuff I see, especially on social media, some of these younger folks, and it, it's they don't necessarily define older people and younger people, what age groups. Some of these, and I'll say younger compared to us, say, like in their 20s. I'm seeing some of those younger folks like, well, you know, 5G causes hemorrhoids or crazy stuff like that. And they're absolutely convinced of it. And I'm like, where do they? Or like the one I think we mentioned it on, I don't know if we mentioned it on a previous episode or might have been offline, where some months ago on Instagram, I was following a certain page and there was an insinuation by someone that the, the mid-Atlantic slave trade didn't happen. Like, who's coming up with this and for what? Like, those are the kinds of conspiracy theories that are bizarre. And me personally, that's, that's not something I'm dismissing because I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm dismissing it because it's a lie. Right. Because there's, yeah. you know, goodness knows how many pieces of evidence from physical evidence to evidence on paper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that proves that it happened. But yet, there are people, younger than us, that are on this kick that it didn't happen. That's that's bizarre and frightening to me. Right. Uh, to see that happen. Because on the one hand, while we do see the younger, gener- the younger generation mobilizing in a more purposeful manner on certain things than we have generations previous, we are also seeing, you know, some weird stuff happening there as far as some of that group thing. So it's, it's tricky trying to sometimes trying to watch that happen. But I don't know that I agree that it's necessarily quote unquote older people that believe in them more than younger folks. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that I, I would imagine that maybe the type of conspiracy theory might be different, perhaps. True. Yeah. Yeah. Because older folks might believe in a lot less. That's one right. of the ones that's been around for a long time. Right. Or that Atlantis yeah. was off the coast of the Bahamas. Sure. Or, you know, the Bermuda Triangle or whatever. Yeah. Those are the those are the kinds of things that you and I heard about when we were coming up. And then of course people older than us would have as well. But yeah. the younger folks, you're right, they would believe in different stories. Maybe maybe some of the same roots, but different stories, depending right. on yeah what their experiences are. It, it, it comes down to that too, I imagine. So, so there's been countless 
conspiracy theories over, you know, the existence of humans, because, you know, how we manage the mangle thing. But, and, and most of them, listening friends, you've probably heard about at some point or another, you know, who killed JFK. It wasn't Lee Hardy Oswald. It was the government. It was the Muppet. Whoever. Or just like we mentioned earlier, Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or Area 51. Those are kind of like, and I hate to say general conspiracy theories that have been around for quite a long time, but I wanted to touch on a few that were a little less known. Yeah, well, real quick, let me just say, though, a belief in the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or Atlantis, Mm -hmm. and honestly, even that the moon landing was faked, don't have a consequence nationally or that can seriously harm and hurt other people. If you believe in Bigfoot, fine. That hurts Mm -hmm. no one. If you believe in Atlantis, that hurts no one. If you believe that a cabal of yada yada yadas are doing this to take over the world, that hurts people. It has hurt people. And it will hurt people again. And for me, that's a major, major line that once you cross it, that's where it changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I just had to get that out. And... No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And, and to add to that, you know, examples of like things like Pizzagate, obviously right. completely ridiculous, and there's no feasibility in it at all. But it was it was dangerous. Yeah, and... we're lucky that guy stopped. Yeah. And, of course, the biggest conspiracy theory right now as we sit here breathing and talking to each other is that the 2020 uh, United States presidential election was stolen. They're still sitting on it. Still. They are yeah. feasting on this. And and um, we're only a couple of weeks away from midterm election. This this is going to be ugly. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's coming down to some really, really close some really, really close contentions that shouldn't be close at all. Namely, as we mentioned earlier, Herschel Walker. Dr. That Oz. race between, yeah, those those races should not be close, but they are. I know. Because too many, too many people have bought into the wickedness and the fraudulence of the Democratic Party. It's yeah. frightening, and, and and you're right. Those are those are prime examples of how they can be detrimental. Yeah, um, and I don't. I don't give a shit who you are, what party you are. You could be my dad. You could be my brother, my wife. If you have ever held a gun <coughs> to someone's head and threatened to kill them and done it multiple times, in my opinion, you are automatically unfit for any political office. Period. That's just that's just a rule that I have for elected officials. Period. Clearly the people in Georgia don't have that. Not. No. Rule. No. But anyway, I <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm sitting, I'm sitting with bated breath, and I think, I think maybe that may end up being a future topic to explore, but I digress. Yes, yes. Anyway, let, let's get to these few <laughs> lesser known conspiracy theories, because I'm trying to not piss myself off so badly. To, I know, to I know. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier about flat earthers. Yes. Which the name is self-explanatory. People who think the Earth's flat, and they've been disproven 22 ways from Sunday. A lesser-known 
one, or at least to me, was the hollow earth theory. Yes. That proposes that the planet earth is entirely hollow or contains a substantial interior space. Yeah. So some joker by the name of Edmund Haley, and I'm sorry, let me not call him a joker because he was just operating on what he knew way back in the late 1600s. But his notion Is this was Edmund Haley of Haley's Comet fame. Mm, I don't believe so. It's a note. Oh, okay. Oh, where is it? No, I'm a big fat liar. Oh, interesting. That may be him. That may be him. I didn't go through. I didn't go into too much depth about who he was. He was just mentioned in the reference I have for the Hollow Earth theory. Does it but, mention Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the writer of the Tarzans? Is that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? Or did I just confuse him with a different author? The guy that wrote the Tarzan books. Because he has a whole series of books called Pellucidor that is about hollow earth. And I believe it does mention some uh, further down in this, the reference. It does mention uh, literary works that talk about this okay. very thing. Cause the, because one of the ones I thought off the top of my head was Journey to the Center of the Earth. Right. So, yep. Yeah. And, of course, that, again, one of those kids that goes around, you know, if you start digging a hole right now. Keep digging, you'll come out in China. Yeah. Right. Anyway, <laughs> but that theory, this hollow earth theory, was actually completely and definitively disproven somewhere around 1774. But the idea was just like it says that the earth was hollow and that we're all living on a fairly thin, compared to the size of the earth, a fairly thin surface surrounding a hollow. Or some uh, some type of interior space inside the Earth, and of course, you know, over the years, obviously, it was disproven once. But there are still some people now that believe this, just like some people believe in flat Earth. So not only is the and that's interesting. I don't think these are the same people because a flat Earth wouldn't have an interior. But what do I know? I'm no scientist. Yeah, you can't be. <laughs> you can't believe in both of those. They should have to. They should have to arm wrestle for the superior conspiracy theory. I'm flat earthers my way. Yeah, there's probably more of them. But in conjunction with this hollow earth theory, there's also a theory about concave hollow earth, which say human humanity and all the rest of us, all the rest of uh, existence, doesn't live on the outside, but on the inside, concave like this. Nice. I had to think about that. Yeah, I'm like that's interesting. Maybe like a snow globe-ish kind of thing going on. When did that one come about? Was it after the legalization of recreational marijuana in states? It didn't say, you know, <laughs> what else. it didn't say what other events that corresponded with, but it was proposed back in 1869 by a oh, doctor, okay. by a doctor from upstate New York called Cyrus, and he called this theory cellular cosmogony. So anyway, and when they had a colony, it looks like yeah, somewhere out in. Florida, um, <laughs> and apparently his followers claimed to experimentally verify the concavity of the Earth's curvature through surveys of the Florida coastline, making use of specialized equipment. And you know what? I bet you they probably were indulging in some of the Lord's vegetation at the time. I'm just or, speculating. Or straight on opium. Either or. Also, also from the Earth. You know what? Both, as we said earlier. <laughs> true, true, true. Apparently, 
Adolf Hitler was influenced by concave hollow earth ideas and said expedition in an unsuccessful attempt to spy on the British fleet by pointing infrared cameras up at the sky. Nice. Yeah, it tells you a lot, does it? Yeah. art student. Anyway, but that's the one of the one of the ones I found particularly interesting that it's hollow. And of course several things have, you know, over the centuries since seventeen seventy four, you know, they've conducted various experiments to further disprove it. Like you needed to further disprove it, but you know scientists, they'll do it. One of those things, of course, that disproves it and it should have gravity. Right. <laughs> I found that I found it interesting that and, and this is just us, you know, sitting here comfortably in the twenty first century with all this electricity and stuff, looking back, you know, all those centuries and going say, How dumb were they? Well, they were with what they had and that's what they knew. But the yeah. fact that the fact that these things still exist, especially about the physical war we live in, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't give it so much credit to to people that still hang on to stuff like that. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, no, yeah. The easier it is to access information, the easier it is to access wrong information, or as and some people know, have said, an alternative set of facts. And you were thinking about Edgar Rice Burroughs. Oh, thank you. Yes, I at least got the three name. In the name part, right? You know, going oh, no, no, you're on, you definitely on the right track. You're on the right track. So, both British. So, there's that the hollow earth theory. And uh, the next one I want to dabble on, we mentioned it, we mentioned it earlier in the episode, and it's one of the better known ones. But I want to dabble on it because of the fact that a while back I watched a, a documentary that touched on this, and I thought it was hilarious. And this is the moon landing. Which, mm-hmm. you know, every, every school kid since then has learned about the moon landing, the moon landing, the moon landing. And of course, just as many people have tried to disprove that it ever happened since then. And, you know, that it was shot on a sound stage and nobody ever made it to the moon. And here's the reasons why. And here's a couple of the reasons why or some of the so-called proof that the conspiracy theorists have come up with over the years. The shadows on the surface of the moon shown in the pictures that were taken aren't parallel. Wouldn't they be parallel if the sun was right behind? Well, not necessarily. And you can do the same thing right here on planet Earth. You can shine a light a certain way and position certain things. You won't have parallel shadows that run, right. you know, right next to each other in a straight line. Durr! That's not a hard one. And I kind of laughed when I read that one. But... And then another interesting one was the astronauts could not have possibly survived Earth's radiation field when going from Earth to Moon, and vice versa. Have, have but the they is, heard of the magnetic field? And the fact that the less time you spend, you know, at the rate of speed that they're, oh, I don't know, traveling on rockets and whatnot means they're not going to spend that long right. in anything like that. So it's not, it's not like you think they're going to just crisp up or some such thing. No. Another one was in another one of the pictures that was taken in the background of space. There's no stars. Well, they couldn't recreate the glow of actual stars on a sound station. That's just proof it's fake. No, dope. It had to do with the camera that was used and the light from the sun. And usually when you have a strong light coming from behind you, anything further out of the field of the camera will get washed out and be very faint. Again, those are those kinds of things, like you said earlier, if you just take a little bit of time to research it further, you find out 
that there's some fact to the opposite argument. But again, yeah, and Mythbusters <coughs> did a great episode on moon landing, and then they did a follow-up episode because people commented, "Well, what about yada yada yada?" And so they did that. So if you can find the Mythbusters, a couple of excellent episodes. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this one anyway, because I mentioned there was a documentary I watched a while back. I want to call, I want to say it's called Room, Room 237. It's, it's a documentary about the making of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And one of the theories, one of the conspiracy theories about the moon landing was, yes, it was fake and Stanley Kubrick shot the whole thing on a soundstage somewhere out in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And that the movie The Shining, if you look real close, contains many, many hidden clues proving that very thing. I mean, the two are so related. <laughs> Is that hurting you a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From you know. the pattern, <sighs> from the pattern of the carpet in the hallways to the numbers two thirty-seven. To anyone of a, of, of, of a dozen random things in the movie, people have managed to make a case that, yes, the landing was a hoax and Stanley Cooper shot it. I mean... But he's, he's telling you in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it really does. You know, one of the things about uh, humans, Mm. homo sapiens, one of the things that I think has sort of helped us become the dominant species on the planet, I suppose, except for ants, is that we're good at finding patterns. Our brain finds patterns. It's also, we're also really good at finding faces in things where there aren't faces, you know, the a face in your toast or, you know, a face in a board that's been cut or something like that. But we're good at finding patterns, and we need to be good at finding patterns. Maybe not as much now, but 50,000 years ago, we needed to be good at finding patterns because we needed to know the migration of animals and yada yada, all the stuff to get to where we are now. Being good at finding patterns is good at that, you know, helped us get to where we are now. Uh Unfortunately, because our brains are good at finding patterns, we're also good at finding patterns that aren't really there. Correct. (laughs) Like we've gone into overdrive now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, there's just lots of things where you, every, you know, with everybody, you, you might think, you know, that just, if you get, and you're like, well, maybe if I think about it a little more, that's not, you know. Yeah. Just it's not a thing. It's just me putting two to two and two together and getting six. Yeah, and they'll fight, and, they, and people will fight you. Yeah. To, and to explain to you why, not only why two and two make six, but why you need to believe it, and why you need to uh, convince other people to believe it. They're good at it. I can actually prove two and two makes six. So if you take the two and the two, but there's a plus sign in the middle, well, if you take the plus sign and you break it apart, you now have two more ones, right? So you have the initial two, 
the the second set of two, but now you have the two two or the the two ones from the plus sign, and now you have six. So you are you sure though that are we looking at all Arabic numbers? Or are we looking at two Arabic numbers and some Roman numerals? No, it, it, clearly Roman numerals. They don't use the plus sign in their edition. This is just, okay. you know. And now, because I have confirmation, I'm going to run out and tell everybody about it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it came from here, folks, so you know that we're nothing if not truthful. Absolutely. Oh, no, truthful. wait a minute. I just made that up. <laughs> As Abraham Lincoln used to say, never trust a big button to smile. And do you know why that's true? Because we said it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Any hoot. Yep, George Washington always used to say you can't trust everything you read on the internet. <laughs> he was such a wise man. <laughs> he really was. But what he didn't know is this next little factoid or little theory. Denver International Airport is actually the headquarters of the Illuminati. Why in the hell did you put it there? Obviously, whoever came up with that one has never been to Denver International Airport. <laughs> That's why. That's why it makes perfect sense to make it the headquarters of a super secret, illustrious world order organization. It makes perfect sense. I just feel like there are nicer places. I mean, yeah, Denver's nice and all. And it's unassuming. Great right? seeing the mountains over there. I just uh -huh. feel like there are better places. What we used to Uh, well, I don't know. The Bahamas? Too obvious. Guatemala? Too thorough world. There's a, there's a lot less snow. Hawaii? Mm -mm. In Hawaii, you have the advantage of being isolated, too, so when all of your plans come to fruition, it's less that you have to defend. Well, like tropical places, I'm thinking would actually be more the forte of, you know, criminal villains. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, yeah. in theory, Illuminati has some of that, but I'm thinking in terms of taste, I think they would be looking at something different. So Denver International Airport makes sense to me. It does. Well, there are so some of restaurants there. That may be it. But some of the theories about the airports that abound are the runways have been designed to look like a swastika when viewed from certain high up angles. The underground tunnels there have bunkers in them, you know, just in case shit goes down. The markings on a lot of the buildings and artwork throughout the, or the airport and in the um, related buildings or symbols of the New World Order, instead of being actually uh, parts of the Navajo language hmm. and the periodic table of elements, because that was right. the theme when the place was designed. And then also some of the original artwork that hangs in there apparently has hidden messages, uh, again, pointing to the New World Order. So yeah, if they wanted a completely unassuming place to set up camp, Denver, yeah. and they could go skiing. Well, that's What's, true. There's that. Yeah. Well, but, I but do. 
Having been to the C part of Denver International Airport many, many times, and then the main part, their part must be in the A part or the B part. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've ever been to Denver International Airport, that makes sense. But <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I have not had the pleasure of going through there. But I found I found that one very humorous. Humorous. Yeah, that's for that, pretty good. For one. that fact, Denver. Yeah. You know, never mind that Denver is, of course, in Colorado, and Colorado was the setting for Stephen King's phenomenal masterpiece, The Shining. The Shining, which of course brings us back to Stanley Kubrick, who founded the Illuminati. You see how that works? You see how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It also makes sense because Denver is only about ninety minutes from the Cheyenne Mountain Range. There you go. Base. You know, so that there's a, probably a tunnel connecting the two. Correct. See how it all works out? We're building our own conspiracy theory right here on the spot. Here we go. Here yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And, you know, what they did with that dirt, who knows? But they did something. Same place. The same place they put the dirt for Area 51. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Good job. It's actually, they put all of that dirt, it's that giant rock in Australia. It's not really a rock, it's just the dirt from that tunnel. And they they put a big (laughs) silicone mold on top of it, and they got it really hard, and then they pulled the mold off. (laughs) Look, we made a mountain. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) Look at this big fucking rock we just made. (laughs) Hey! And the last little conspiracy theory I like to touch on again, this is a little, this is humorous. That there's a hidden planet that orbits near and around the Earth every 3,600 years. Are you talking about Nerubu? Correct. The same planet that the crew of the USS Enterprise landed on in Star Trek in the darkness. Yep. <laughs> But yes, this is this this particular theory is apparently derived from a lot of ancient Mayan and Sumerian uh, in the world apocalypse texts, right. and it has managed to travel all the way to our century, to where in recent times the end of the world was predicted in 2012, hence that fantastic movie with Nicolas Cage right. in 2017, and what year are we in? I mean, that is, do we really know? It's been reported to us that we are indeed in the year 2022. So we'll we'll just run with that for the sake we'll of your ahead. argument. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. But considering the fact that the apocalypse was supposed to happen in 10 years ago, and then five years ago in we're still here, it kind of lets you know that the interpretations of these end-of-world scribblings and such, and I don't mean to be disrespectful of ancient history, but their interpretation of of what these these ancient artifacts were supposed to reveal is wrong. There is no planet that that makes the rounds every 3,000 years. Right. And because there is no planet, there is no possibility that anything is going to collide with Earth 
and wipe us all out as we know it. But it persists. Well, it see, persists. here's why. Everybody knows that the Mayans and the Aztecs, all of their world-ending predictions used the imperial system. Mm. But in today's world, all world-ending predictions use the metric system. Of course. So that's actually the problem mm -hmm. is we're not, when they figured that out, people forgot that they were using, they weren't using metric doomsday mm -hmm. world predictions. They were using imperial. Mm -hmm. I can see where that would cause some, some miscommunication. I can see that. You, you know, NASA lost a probe going to Mars because they accidentally forgot to convert it from imperial to metric. And so it's just the same thing with the Earth ending. I don't want to ever hear anybody ever tell me again, well, you know, it's not rocket science. <laughs> right? I don't, want to, I don't want to hear that ever again. Not based on what you just said. I don't want to hear that ever again. <laughs> Guys, we, we forgot to convert it. Oh, my God, it's gone. Can you imagine being that guy at the meeting? <laughs> well, what happened? Dude what just happened? gets up and walks out, and he's like, I'm, "I'll just save you all the trouble." <laughs> he, just, he just takes his whole badge off. Just takes yeah, I know what's coming. Pass out. <laughs> I know he's what's like, coming. Maybe just get the stapler because I like the stapler. I just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> that guy. That guy. You know, you heard Bob. Fucked up real good. Did he? What did he do? Oh, that. Something tells me that's not on his resume. You know, I'm responsible for the loss of a $500 million satellite going to another planet. Oops. Oops. But I promise you, it's the last time I will forget to convert something from Imperial to metric. That's a one time mistake. Matter of fact, he has no measurement or weighing devices in his home of any kind <laughs> right. anymore, ever. <laughs> Can you imagine the rest of his, the rest of his life? They're on vacation, and his wife's like, "Well, how much longer do we got?" And he's like, "Oh, it's about sixty miles." And she's like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> she pulls out she pulls out her phone, like, or or let's say they're converting. Well, how many? How much is that in, in euros? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Paris on vacation. What's the conversion rate? Yeah, maybe we should ask someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. That's, that's Bob. That, I, that's I actually Bob. heard he went to meteorology school afterwards and became <gasps> a local TV weatherman. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Because, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, Netflix dropped their new season, Unsolved Mysteries. One of the other episodes was about UFO sightings near Lake Michigan back in 2007, I think. Yeah. I watched that the other night with Heather. Did you? Did you? Yeah. That was fascinating. Because the guy, there was actually a guy that was contacted after like all the locals started calling into the law enforcement saying, hey, there's lights in the sky. Come check it out. Someone got a hold of this guy that worked at a... Uh, he was, he worked for the National Weather Service. He was in the lab overnight. Someone called him and said, Hey, can you tell us if there's anything out in the sky? Sure enough, you know, he picked up on his radar 
objects that were doing weird things in the sky. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the and here's exactly why I think there aren't more known conspiracy theories than there are because I'm sure there's for, for all the ones that we just talked about and then all the ones in general I'm sure there's at least a hundred times more people don't talk about them because they'll get treated like this guy got treated because when he, the next shift comes in to cover him the next day he tells them what happened I saw objects in the sky that were not moving like actual aircraft. They were in formation. They were moving at top speeds, yada, yada, yada. No one at the place believed him. Right. And he eventually was forced to leave his hometown because he had grown up in Michigan. He was forced to leave and take a job somewhere down in Georgia because of this, because no one believes this is a scientist, a man who went to school to study this shit. And no one believed him. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, after the last six years, maybe leaving Michigan, even if back then wasn't such a bad thing. But then you said he moved to Georgia, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess that was a lateral move. He was still working for the National Weather Service. He's retired. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite was like, that lady that said, after the birth of my children, this was the most it, amazing thing that happened to me. And I'm so glad that they got to see it. No, like, she was really? Nothing else up. topped that? Nothing else topped that? <laughs> like, she was tearing up. I'm sitting here looking at the screen like, okay, okay. And that's one of those yeah. ones, like you mentioned earlier, that's relatively harmless. If you believe it, that's fine. But, again, Netflix is, is our masters at crafting these documentaries that if you didn't believe it before you watched it, you believe it now. Right. So that was that was also a very interesting one. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it sounds suspicious to me, guys. Makes we, calls. we could definitely have a, a part two or three on conspiracy theories if we wanted to. Um, I would just like to say that my favorite conspiracy theory right now is that uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton are clones. Oh. That the real ones are actually in jail. Mm-hmm. That Joe Biden is played by a trio there is the clone of Joe Biden, the robot of Joe Biden. Actually, I'm sorry, four. There's a retired military general that also plays Joe Biden. And, of course, my favorite is Jim Carrey. Fire Marshal Bill, that Jim Carrey, is apparently Did portraying I, Joe Biden. Didn't he play him in an episode of SNL, though? I probably did. That, I think that's different than, like, going to the G8 summit and playing him, though. Seriously though, I, why do I feel like he he actually played he played he did buy it in one of those cold openings? I don't know. I might be thinking of somebody else, but that is an interesting theory. That that sounds like that movie what Dave with, with right? uh yeah Kevin Klein. Yeah, yeah, I actually really like that. Movie. <laughs> that was good. I would take I would take a stand in if that stand in was like. Yeah, that guy was good. He he made a he good was. president, I thought. <laughs> yeah, he solved the budget crisis in, what, five minutes? <laughs> With an actual accountant. <laughs> yes. He said, yeah, let's take the $70 million from here and put it over here. Done. And the accountant guy's like, like if I read books like this, I'd go to jail. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Only if you get caught. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's, that's conspiracy conspiracy theory in a very, very, very small, brief nutshell. So, and again, I mean, as much as much grief as, you know, Jack and I and 
a lot of other people give folks that believe in this stuff. It comes from somewhere. And, and the vast majority of them are relatively harmless. Or they make for good jokes or, you know, conversation at parties and such. And then, as we mentioned earlier, there are some that are deeply dangerous. And, and that's where the real concern comes in. And I, and I imagine the, the reasons yeah. for them and the kind of personalities that gravitate to them, they're all the same regardless to what they are. But we're crossing our fingers and, and we're hoping that the, the, the predominant one goes away soon. Yes. Because I'm gagging over here. Right. I'm tired of hearing about it every flaming day. Yes, I am too. That's That one is like a part three of this. There would be like a hmm. part two, and that would be a part three. Oh, boy. Which I'm sure we can get to in the near future, two and three of this. Because this was a fun topic to talk about. The other ones are... It little, was. They get a little more infuriating the further on you go. but True. But just... just just as in a mouche bouche, this is a good, a good uh, place to start. So yes, I enjoyed looking into these, and and some of the ones I had to leave out, I felt bad about it. But you know, it looks like we, we may have an opportunity to get into them later. We just yeah. might. We just might. We just very well might. So stay tuned, listening friends. Stay tuned. Yeah, and as we always do, we went longer than planned. <laughs> But we've reached the end of this particular episode. Yes, we have. And yes, so, we have. So as always, thank you, yeah. listening friends, for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. And as much as this project is a labor of love for the both of us, a few simoleons never hurt. So if you like what we're doing here and you'd like to support us to help us keep continuing, you can check out a little link to donate. It actually is a donation link to or through Jack Solo Podcast because that one is considered the flagship. But if you want to, you can go ahead and sign up to support us, pass us a little coinage so we can upgrade and continue on with the great work we do here at anchor.fm backslash John dash Robertson 39 backslash support. We yes. would so much, very much appreciate it. And that's the support this podcast and Jack's solo musings of an ADD line. If you haven't yes. heard it, check it out, or we will come with you. That is right. Some of that Have is just that? laziness, though, because <laughs> we just didn't want to set up two support things. <laughs> so so it, it, is, it, is, it is going to go to us. Don't worry. Yes. So I use the same equipment for both. Yes. So And then when I hang out with him over there, same thing. So, right, right. So, if yes. you love us and you love what we do, Check it out. Let us know. Feel free to support the struggling artist. <laughs> yes, please. please do. <laughs> anyway. And with that, though, um, I'm going to go talk to my lizard friends, my demon-possessed lizard friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to get that one particular demon that lives down the street that plays the tuba to stop. Would he? I mean, that's what demons do. Why would he stop? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to go act like I like it, and then he'd stop to torture me. Correct. So, Try anyway. it out. Let's know how it happens. Those damn demon and lizard people. <laughs> and with guys, that, we love you guys. It's been real. <laughs> Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. 
If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world. On Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W. On Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.